One day I made a decision that enough is enough. I'm tired of being average. And I came to ask somebody right now, as you're praying to go to the deep, and as God is taking you to another level, are you so emotionally distracted that your discernment has gone down? You're picking wrong relationships. You're picking wrong vacation times. You're picking wrong conversations because you're emotionally distracted. Well, I'm hurt. See, everybody don't want that prayer. Everybody don't want that prayer. You just want to be blessed, bigger. No, you can't get bigger until he creates within me a clean. And until you actually switch off to the external and switch on to the internal by adopting this thinker mindset, you may not be aware of those intrusive thoughts, which are patterns of thinking that are possibly blocking your decision making or blocking your ability to move forward. I'm, I'm tired of seeing women being ashamed of themselves. I'm tired of seeing women being body shamed. I'm tired of seeing women of being ashamed of their nose. If your nose big, breathe. If your hair is nappy, wear it natural. If you ain't curvy, then swing it, baby. You got to be who you are. And let me tell you something. Don't nobody want who you pretend to be. There's somebody that like it just like you got it. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Take Action. I am your host, Keon Henderson, and I'm so excited to be in your living rooms, your office, your automobiles, wherever I may find you. Now, I want to let you know that your partnership with Take Action has been extraordinary. Um, you have seen by now, I'm sure, somewhere on social media. If you haven't, um, go back and look um, a few episodes back. We showed you what we're doing there on the island of Anguilla with the park and with the kids and the difference that we're actually making. You know, I'm, I'm excited about this season of our lives. I'm talking about you and I, that we're being difference makers, that people's lives are being improved as we learn the word of God. You know, what you sow, you reap. Your life is being proved, improved by the word of God, and you're using that to improve the lives of other people. And so we ask that you continue to partner with us uh, and use the Givelify app as a means of connecting with us to ensure that not only is your gift counted for, but that God will use what he's doing on this movement and add grace to your account. So they're putting up all of the ways that you can partner with us today. And we do so many things. I mean, we help uh, people who need transportation. We uh, just recently, our ministry furnished the house of a lady uh, who suffered um, uh, a great deal of loss. We're just doing everything we can to make sure that we're doing the work of God um, and we're not bragging about it. I'm just letting you know that what you do makes a difference. And the more you do, the bigger the difference we can make. I want to share something with you today found in the book of Isaiah. The prophecy of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 18 
and 19. The Bible says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is saying that I will change the topography of your situation because rivers don't run in deserts. But God says, for you, I will make it happen. But this is what we have to do. Remember, some of you all are in a dry place and you will need a river. But watch what God says, before I do the river, you have to do something. He says, for us, you have to remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. I want to read it to you in another version. He says, don't remember earlier events. Don't even recall these former events because I'm about to do something new in your life. The title of today's talk, this conversation that we're going to have, and this is something that you're going to have to do before you get to it. God told me to tell you today, you're going to have to get over it. I want to talk to you today about getting over it. Now, I had a surgery when I was in college. Man, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I can still feel and sense uh, the day that I was injured. I tore my ACL in college. I remember breaking uh, the third metatarsal on my right foot uh, in college. Those of y'all who play basketball or sports or anything at a high level, you know that injuries are part of the process. And um, when I got that injury, and I'll, and I'll specifically talk about the foot injury, I thought that I would never be able to play again because every time I would put pressure on that right foot, the amount of pain, the way it burned, it was just, it was excruciating. And so the doctor told me uh, at one of my um, uh, checkups, he says, the bone is healing, the bone is healing. And I'm telling you, I didn't feel like anything was getting better. Eventually, months go past. I'm thinking about 12 weeks. I go into the doctor's office. He x-rays the foot, and he shows me my third metatarsal, and there is this callus on the x-ray, right, like this, this circle around the bone. And uh, he pointed to that, and I'm saying, Doc, yes, that's exactly where it hurts. It hurts right there. He says, you're, you're okay. You're going to have to play through the pain. I said, why is that? He says, because I promise you, that the circle, the callus buildup that you see around the bone, he said that bone is stronger than the other four. Why? Because whenever you break a bone, it is almost impossible to break that same bone in the same place because healing actually gives you more strength than you had before you were injured. It's the same thing with scar tissue. It's the same thing in the human body. If you've ever broken a bone, it is saying that the trauma makes you stronger. Right. So every once in a while, God has to send a break. Not so you'll break down, but so you can be stronger. Every once in a while, God will send uh, some sort of traumatic experience or if he doesn't send it, he allows it. Not because he doesn't want you to have joy and peace and rest, but because he wants you to be stronger and sometimes trauma causes strength. I want you to think about three things in your life that you've been through over the last five years, the three most important. And I want you to take out a sheet of paper and I want you to write down 
those traumatic events, those experiences that you cannot get out of your mind, those experiences that stick with you. I want you to write them down. And then after you write them down, as opposed to looking at those three things and what they did to you and how they made you feel, how about you look at those three things and find out what you gained from it? Did you start reading more? Did you gain tenacity? Did you gain strength? Did you gain a relationship, a friendship perhaps? Perhaps you learned of a resource that you didn't know was available until you went through the traumatic experience. You see, because all things work together, not some things, not most things, but brothers and sisters, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and what? You guessed it, are called according to his purpose. You cannot see trauma. You cannot see breaks. You cannot see frustrations as the enemy. You have to see them as a means to an end because here's what the scripture says, in this life, you will have trouble. In this life, you will have traumatic experiences. In this life, you will be misunderstood. In this life, you will have to take leadership amongst those who don't want to follow. In this life, you'll have to tell your children one thing and they'll be at a certain age where they won't believe anything that you have to say. In this life, the boss may not see your work. In this life, the ministry may not see your efforts. And you have to see all of that and know that it's still God. That he's God when the water and the wine has run out and he's God when there's another 180 gallons of surplus being offered on the table. He's God when you're blind and you've got the mud on your eyes and he's also God when you have to go wash in the pool seven times because on both ends of the spectrum, it's all God. God will withhold no good thing from you even if it feels bad. Know that God has the good assigned to the situation and they that wait on the Lord, you guessed it, shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. Walk, not be weary, and run, and not faint. So once you've been hurt, listen, you can no longer dwell on the injury. Have you ever hurt your ankle and you just, you, you know, you limp around? You limp around because you don't want to feel that pain? The truth is, you can actually walk through it even if it's painful. Sometimes you got to walk through the pain. Sometimes you have to shift your focus uh, from what you're feeling and concentrate on what your recovery process is, knowing that actually that God is a rewarder of those who seek him, not who seek the injury, not who seek uh, the reward, not, not who seeks the accommodation, not who seeks the attention, the one who seeks God. Okay, so as you are going through your moment of trepidation, moments of frustration, I want you to say, you know what? By his stripes, I'm healed. Not, oh man, I got stripes. But through what I'm going through, God is still going to bring me through. Sometimes, and this is what I learned, sometimes the recovery is more painful than the injury. Let me tell you something. When I was injured, it happened in a second. 
The recovery took a year. Isn't that amazing? That one break can actually take you the rest of the year to recover from. And for some of us, maybe longer than a year. Maybe longer than two years. Maybe somebody's watching me right now who will say, Pastor, I'm 35 and I've been recovering since I was 18. Pastor, I'm 50 and I've been recovering since I was nine. Nobody can tell you how fast you need to heal, but I can tell you that you need to start the process. You've got to start the process of healing now because your daughter's waiting on you. Your son is waiting on you. Your employees, they need you. The people you volunteer at the church with, they need you. The ladies in your sorority, they need you. The brothers in your fraternity, they need you. The people on your team, they need you. You cannot focus more on the injury than you do the recovery. Because when you focus on the injury more than you do the recovery, you will feel injured even when you're healed. You will be so accustomed to being hurt that you will not know how to show up for yourself during the healing process. You know, I've met people who actually celebrate the anniversaries of their trauma. Oh, five years ago, this, this day five years ago, I X, Y, Z. This day 10 years ago, this is the day that I got my divorce. This day five years ago is the day that, that such and such broke my heart. This day right here. Don't give your trauma an anniversary. Don't schedule your trauma a date. It is not a holiday. It is nothing to reflect on. I press towards the mark for the prize of the upward call. You cannot continue to celebrate and memorialize and memorize the days you were injured. Everybody type online right now, get over it. I want to see it coming through as fast as the credits at the end of a movie before another movie starts on cable television. I want to see it. Get over it. Get over it. That's what we're talking about today. Getting over it. It happened, but you have to get over it. It's reality, but you have to get over it. It actually took place, but you have to get over it. And we're not going to celebrate our trauma anymore. This is the last time you will have an anniversary for an anger. This is the last time you will have an anniversary for an issue. This is the last year you will mark that deep pit that you had to climb yourself out of. It's over. Now I want you focused on what it is that you want to accomplish and who you want to be. You know, I've heard one person say, sometimes we put our trauma in a capsule and swallow it like a pill and wonder why we're still sick by it. You, you, have, to, you have to regurgitate it. Let me tell you, there's a scripture in the Bible. It's found in the book of Revelation, talking about the church of Laodicea. It says that because you're neither hot nor cold, says that God will spew thee out of his mouth. You know what that word spew means? It literally means that God will throw up or he will spit up or he will cough out that which cannot choose a position. 
You have to either be hurt or healed. You have to be fractured or whole. But you can't be wholly fractured and you can't be wholly hurt. You've got to get over it. Otherwise, the future will vomit you out because the future has no appetite for the past. And that's the problem with most people. We get stuck in now. And now becomes elongated because we can't choose whether we want to be hurt or healed. I am calling you out of the darkness into the marvelous light to step over the trauma and recognize that you too can be made whole. But you have to do what Isaiah said, forgetting the former things. Everybody say forget. Type it, forget. Because it didn't say, God, take the former things. God said, you have to forget. Do you know how many people watching me right now are waiting on God to take it away? And God says, I'm looking for you to put it away. God, take away the pain. God's perspective. How about you forget it? God, help me get over the trauma. God's perspective. How about you get over it yourself? I have given you the equipment. I have given you the spirit. I have given you the prayer life. I've given you the fasting. I've given you the praising. I've given you all of these tools. I was listening uh, to a friend of mine um, uh, on a Instagram post that somebody put up and he was talking about dating. And he was talking about, uh, this is Pastor Mike Todd, he was talking about how uh, there was a person sitting on the couch talking about, Lord, just send me my spouse. And they started to speak in tongues. And after they finished speaking in tongues, they didn't have a spouse because he said this. He says, because God won't date for you. No, you got to go on a date in order to find a spouse. You can't be on your couch praying and speaking in tongues and then you're going to open your eyes and Mr. Wonderful is going to be there. You have to date. Why am I telling you that? Because if you're going to forget the older things and you're going to get over the trauma, you have to lay it down. Hebrews said, lay aside every weight that so does easily beset me. You have to lay it down. It doesn't fall off. It doesn't disappear. You have to lay it down. And this is why there are so few people who become what they want to become, do what they want to do, because they think the process is a supernatural process where God does the work. No, you have to choose ye this day whom you will serve. And then the writer said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The job is yours. It cannot be outsourced. You cannot get a contractor. You can't get a third party to do this. It's yours to do. You have to forget the former things things. I hope you hear me because this is a difference maker. This is how you go from where you are to where you want to be. And most people will get off of this and they will text me or they will direct message me and say how the how is to do. That is how you do it. How do I get over the trauma? You climb over it. How do I do it? I get, I get positive affirmations. I get books. I watch the right things on television. I stay away from things on Instagram that are triggers to me. You have to insulate yourself with the type of positivity that puts you in a cycle of perpetual happiness. And the moment you think you are almost healed and you step back into the environment that is poisonous, you will go back down to the level that you want to escape. Because we all have the rhetoric of escape, but we don't have the practice of deliverance. We all say what we want, but what will you do about it? I'm telling you what you're going to do. You're going to get over it. You're going to get over it. Let me tell you something, and I, and I want to say this properly uh, as I'm talking to you as a broad, broad audience. Um, Oprah Winfrey 
has been um, named as one of the most powerful women of the 20th century. She's got a conglomerate of things. Just imagine all the things that Ms. Winfrey has done from the magazine to the, to the uh, talk show, to the, uh, to the master class, to, to the speaking engagements, to, let me tell you something, and you don't become a billionaire only by just speaking on TV. She's probably got investments that you and I have no idea about. To be able to bootstrap a school in a, an entirely different continent, that takes vision and genius. So she's one of the top African-American women from a business perspective that the world has ever and probably will ever see. Uh, she had one of the highest ranked talk shows in television history. But I wanted to look back at some of the topics which made the show so popular. And I just, I just randomly chose my birthday month. So I picked, I picked July of 2007. I picked the 4th, the 5th, the 6th, the 13th, and the 17th. And here were the topics in the month of July. The day your world falls apart. When your husband cheats on you with your best friend. Childhood interrupted. Kids who were forced to assume adult responsibilities after a family crisis. The day I found out my husband was a child molester. Confronting the attacker in which a mother of five goes behind bars to confront the man who killed her father. She was the highest ranked television show because the people who watch love trauma. If she would have had the day my world was great, what would the ratings have been on that day? The day I found out that my husband went to work every day and brought the paycheck home. <laughs> what would those ratings have been? The day that I found out that my childhood friend never betrayed me. What would that rating have been? The day I found out that my husband was a minister. What would the ratings have been on that show? You guessed it. Not very good because nobody wants to sit down for an hour and watch success. We should literally have five million people watching this broadcast and not 50 million who are going to watch some morbid movie that will show somebody dying in the end. But nobody will go and spend two hours in the movies. I wouldn't say nobody. The masses won't go and spend two hours in the movie to hear everything go well. We don't mind if the movie ends well, but we gotta have some drama and some suspense because we are addicted to trauma. I'm trying to get you to look in the mirror that the only thing that's in your refrigerator is what you have an appetite for. The refrigerator did not give birth to something you should not eat. You have to get out of your house, get in the car, go down to the store, buy it, bring it back in the house, take it out of the bag and put it in the refrigerator, or you ordered it on some app, they brought it to the front step, you put it in. The refrigerator did not give birth to the thing in there that you should not eat. One nutritionist says you cannot eat well if you don't shop well. Self-inflicted. 
If you go online right now, guaranteed if you look on Instagram and it has a sensor over it that you have to push a button to see, once you push the button, the views are gonna be in the millions. Everybody wants to see. The masses, let me stop saying everybody, the masses want to see who got shot. How far did they fall down? Look at the fight at the swimming pool. Look at the guy who got knocked out. Meanwhile, there are millions of sermons and positive teaching online right now that have hundreds of views because we don't have an appetite in the masses for growth. In 1989, a lady named Lonnie and Karen Boozer sued Disneyland for $1 million. After their two and five-year-old daughters uh, went backstage and saw employees carrying costume heads. So here's what's happening. Mr. Lonnie and Miss Karen Boozer, um, in 1989, they were Disney World, and they went into a room that they were not supposed to be in. They saw a door, a jar, they went in the room. And when they took their children in the room, their children saw the Disney characters carrying their heads like they are supposed to do backstage. Who walks in full uniform backstage? That's like saying that you go to bed with makeup on or like I would lay down in a suit at my house. I bet you if I come to some of y'all house, you walking around with Mitch, Mitch Mac socks on, one of them got a hole in the big toe, you got a wife beater with one of the straps that have been, looked like a moth ate through it. It's some of the worst outfits are the most comfortable outfits and those are the ones that we wear at home. They were right where they were supposed to be on their break with, the, with their heads off and the kids see it and they sued Disney for a million dollars and the family settles with Disney for an unspecified amount. What is amazing to me is that they were rewarded for being in a place they shouldn't have been. I'm not saying that the children didn't experience trauma. I'm not saying that it wasn't hard for them. I am saying they were not invited into the room. And sometimes our trauma is caused when we get off track. Sometimes our trauma is caused by peeking around corners that ain't calling for us. By going in rooms where we haven't been invited by trying to befriend people who have not shown themselves friendly. By trying to be in the in crowd when you probably need to stay out of the crowd. Here's another example. After seeing a dead fly sealed in a bottle in 2001, a man sued the Culligan Water Company. He did not swallow the fly nor did he drink water from the bottle, but he claimed that seeing the fly in the water alone triggered a phobia that he had of flies. 
that changed his personality. Listen to this. And he said it even killed his sex life. According to a news report, a court initially awarded him $341,777 in damages. But the ruling was overturned in 2006. In 2007, he claimed that he had trouble drinking coffee because it had water in it and he could no longer take a shower. Moving on. Isaiah 43 and 18 says to those of us who are spiritual, if you see a metaphorical walk fly in the bottle or if you see a metaphorical situation where the head has been removed, Isaiah says to you who are spiritual, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Number one, because I know somebody's going to say, well, pastor, tell me how to get over it. Number one, don't remember. Pastor, how, how, can, I, how can I not? How can I not? Remember is the word zakar in the Hebrew. It doesn't mean that you won't have a memory of it. Watch this. When the Bible says don't remember it, it actually means don't recognize it. Hmm. Let the ship sail. Isaiah says if you're going to survive life, you're going to have to develop an intentional case of amnesia. I'm talking to spouses right now who just had an argument five minutes ago. Amnesia. Because if you don't get amnesia, you're going to walk around all day based on their reaction and response to you. Amnesia. Move on. I'm talking to a child right now who's been upset because their parents didn't let them go to the movies. Amnesia. There's another movie coming out. You're upset because the boss let you go. Amnesia. If you got let go from over there, it must mean God has something that's about to pick you up. And do you know sometimes God will have a situation put you down so the situation he has for you can pick you up? You can't be picked up by the situation he has for you and the one you want for yourself. You have to develop amnesia. Even when you're remembering it and somebody asks you about it, you get to say, I don't recall. I'm not going to give that any energy. I'm not talking about it. It is of no avail. It has no consequences on who I am and what I'm becoming. I am choosing to forget the former things. Don't remember. Number two, don't reflect. Ooh, this is going to eat some of y'all up. Because you overthinkers reflect and wonder why you can't get healed. You lay in your bed looking at the ceiling, reflecting and looking at it. But, oh, I'm about to share something with you. I'm almost about to jump out of the seat. When I tell you don't reflect, it means don't waste your intelligence on the consideration of a thing that's old. Remove the thought from your mind by not reflecting on it. Don't lay in the bed and think, they said this and I should have said that. And if I had said that, I would have won the argument. And if I would have did this, and some people will start an argument so that they can win it. Don't reflect. Because let me tell you, 
this, this statement. If you are arguing with a fool, people from a distance can't tell who is who. Don't remember, don't reflect. If you don't like what's on the television, you get to change the channel. If you don't like the person on Instagram, you get to unfollow them. It amazes me how many people have something about to say about people that they intentionally go to their pages to look at. If you don't like what Republicans say, you don't have to watch that channel. If you don't like what Democrats say, you get to turn the channel. The same is true in your own life. If you don't like the news, choose a different outlet. It's your prerogative. Everything that comes up on your algorithm is something you searched out. Oh, you don't like it. Number three, after you don't remember and don't reflect, he says this, but you must, you have to recognize. Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I will do new things, and now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I am doing a new thing. You're focusing on an old customer and I'm setting up new appointments. <laughs> you stay occupied fulfilling your assignments and don't get sidetracked. I want you to lean in. Everybody type in the chat, lean in. Don't bag up, lean in. Don't close out, lean in. I want you to push. I want you to push. I want you to push. Sometimes you got to pull and push. And sometimes you got to fast and pray. Sometimes you have to fight and fast. But you got to push because your mind is depending on you. I'm telling you. In order to get in it, you got to get over it. Last point. After you don't remember, after you don't reflect, after you do recognize, I want you to stay on the road. Everybody say, stay on the road. Just say it, stay on the road. Say it out loud, audibly. Say, stay on the road. I will make a road in the wilderness. You know, a wilderness is a large uh, land of uninhabited space. And God says, I will appoint deliverance in your empty space. <laughs> I will appoint, I will send deliverance to your empty space. God says, you won't even need help once I start this new thing. I can feel faith rising right now. I can feel faith rising right now. He says, I'll put streams in the desert. If you know one thing about desert, there is no are little to no above ground water. He says, but I will take the dry places of your life. And because I love you, I will change the landscape to get to you. Listen, because if you pay attention to life, 
Everything that's thirsty, I want you to think about great migrations. Everything that's thirsty, thirsty, whether it's the F elephant or whether it's the buffalo or whether it's the zebra or whether it's the lion, whether it's the giraffe, everything has to find the stream. God says, I'll bring the stream to you. <laughs> I'll bring the stream to you if you forget the former things. My God, I hope I helped you. Because I'm telling you right now, God is about to do a new thing for you. And your thinking is going to take precedence in your outcomes. I'm believing for big things for you. Now it is time for you to believe big things for yourself. And this is the season for you to do what? You said it. Take action. Listen, that's what we have for you today. I pray in the name of Jesus that God is retooling and reworking in the mental crevices and capacities of your mind as we speak. Oh, this is one of the most difficult jobs but it is doable by the power of the almighty God. God bless my brother and my sister, wherever they are, whatever city, whatever state, whatever country they're in, let them know that you have them on your mind and you're gonna make ways and wildernesses and you're gonna bring the stream to them in their dry place. In Jesus name we pray, amen. My brothers and sisters, I love you. Don't forget to partner with us they're putting the given instructions up on the screen right now. We are making a difference, and you are a difference maker. I'll see you next week on Take Action. God bless you.